Hello everyone, this is Tony Kramer, product specialist with RDO Equipment Company, and you are listening to the Agriculture Technology Podcast. Every day there are phenomenal advancements being made in the field of agriculture technology. RDO Equipment Company is a leader in agriculture equipment and precision agriculture technology and is here with industry experts bringing the latest news and information from RDO and John Deere. Thanks for joining us on the Agriculture Technology Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 54, and today we are going to be talking about Precision Ag and Crop Life magazines. Before we get started, make sure to follow RDO Equipment Company on Facebook and Twitter and catch up on the latest videos full of information on YouTube. You can also follow me on Twitter at RDO Tony K. Now, whether you've been a regular listener of the podcast or you've only listened to a few episodes, we'd really love to hear your feedback. Consider leaving a review for the podcast on iTunes. You can also leave a review on your iPhone or iPad if you use Apple's podcasting app. We take your feedback seriously, so not only will it allow us to continue improving the podcast, but it will also help future listeners find this content as you rate us. So go out there and give us a review. We've got another great show for you today. I'm really excited to welcome Matthew Grassi, who is a senior editor with Precision Ag Professionals. Thanks for joining me on the show today, Matthew. To get started, I'd really like to hear a little bit more about you and how you got involved in this industry. Awesome. Tony, thank you. First of all, thanks for having me. I really appreciate the invitation. I guess I would start, uh, I'm a Cleveland kid, born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio, Lived here basically my whole life. Started out right out of college. I got my sports journalism degree here at Cleveland State, and I started at a small community newspaper up in northern Michigan covering sports and covering a little bit of ag as well. So that was kind of my first, uh, that's a sugar beet country up there. They grow a lot of sugar beets. So uh, that was kind of my first intro into the ag world. And then Meister Media, who is the parent company, the publishing company of Precision Ag Professional, had an opening. They, you know, I submitted my stuff. They brought me down and liked what they saw, so they uh, brought me on about six years ago. So I've been covering ag tech, crop protection, and agriculture and retail here in the states in general for about six years now. I guess I should also note that. Also a uh, Part 107 Certified Commercial Drone Operator. I cover the drone beat for Precision Ag Professional Drones and Ag, kind of that whole industry and segment of the industry. And been th- flying drones for about three years now, So, uh, and I know probably just enough to be scary. <laughs> That's really cool to hear how you kind of got involved in this industry. I When I have guests on the show, it's really interesting because there's so many different ways to get involved in this ag industry. It's not just coming from a farming family and and moving into agriculture. There's so many different avenues and kind of like you with starting out with the sports journalism and here you are with agriculture magazines, a little different avenue coming into the ag industry. Right, Tony, you, you'd be surprised how many former sports reporters are now doing ag, so it's uh, There's a whole bunch of us. I think if you can write sports, you can write anything pretty much. At least that's what our, my old journalism professor used to say. So if you can put pen to paper on athletics and make people understand that, you can typically you can move just about anywhere. It's what we reporters like to say anyway. 
That's really neat to hear and probably something not a lot of people would know is that there's a lot of, like you said, a lot of people that come from sports journalism and move into ag. So getting started with the the media brands that you work with, I, I believe you work with two of them, one of them being Precision Ag, the other being Crop Life. Tell us a little more about what is in those magazines and what your goal is to get out to the readers. Sure, sure, Tony. Well, first of all, I guess I'll start with Precision Ag Professionals. So that brand has been around for close to or a little over 20 years now. Started as a magazine out of St. Louis called Cyber Dealer that we actually acquired back in the 90s. And it's gone through a couple different iterations before it was Precision Ag Special Reports. And then this year we actually rebranded the magazine into the Precision Ag Professional brand, wanting to focus more on the people that we feel are driving adoption of a lot of ag tech technologies. And for us, at least our research tells us that it's the the ag service provider, the guys kind of setting up yield monitors, getting up in the sprayers to make sure everything's calibrated. The, The ag techs, those are the guys that are kind of driving adoption of this stuff forward at the grower level. So we wanted to get closer to that audience and, and you know, being one year into this rebrand, I feel like it's been well received and kind of we've hit the mark on that. And then there's Crop Life, which has been around 100 plus years, started as Farm Chemical Magazine back in, you know, the, the teens of the 1920s, 30s. That's just our uh, crop protection industry and retail market coverage brands, so covering the CHSs, the CPSs, the Wilbur Ellis's, the the Winfields of the world, if you will. Great. So there's a lot of different information that you're covering in in both of those, and one of the ones that we're really going to focus on is the Precision Ag, being this is the RDO Agriculture Technology Podcast. What I really want to know, in your opinion, Matthew, what were some of the most exciting developments that you saw in the year of 2017? Well, first of all, I would say 2017 has been just a crazy year in ag tech in the precision markets. A lot of movement. The market continues to mature. The speed of that maturation seems to be increasing from what we're seeing. Most exciting development that I saw this year, I would have to say, was the Deer and Blue River deal. In case any of your listeners aren't aware, Blue River Technologies was a startup out of Sunnyvale, California. They have a commercial product in lettuce that's kind of a a neat combination of artificial intelligence, machine learning, and lettuce thinning technology, I guess. Now, I'm not super aware of how that all works, but I did in June get to go visit the guys down in Lubbock, Texas. The Blue River guys were there with their sea and spray machine which is, I think, kind of what drove the deer deal. The sea and spray machine is a pull-behind sprayer that combines, again, AI, machine learning, all these various ag tech technologies to really shrink and kind of more precisely apply herbicides. It's almost like, as, as sea and spray, it's a spot sprayer that kind of automates that whole process. Now, seeing that thing in action... In June, I became a believer, and then about a month or so later, Deer came in with the uh, $305 million offer to buy those guys, and I think it just kind of 
reinforced for me what I was seeing in the field in Lubbock that day that a company like Deer would come out and, and plunk down that much capital for a company that really doesn't have a, a commercialized product yet. It's coming, but it's not quite there yet. Yeah, I would agree with you. There's so many advancements and so many technology changes in precision agriculture these days. That one there was a, a heavy hitter. A, I know us as a John Deere dealership and, and many of the other John Deere dealerships in the area, it's very exciting news to see John Deere investing in a company and a product like that. I, I mean, I agree. It was, wow. That's, <laughs> and visiting with those guys, I think there was some, while I was out there in Lubbock, they had an idea that, that this offer was coming and, and they knew they were being looked at. And so I think part of my journey out there was to help them get out what where the machine was currently and where the machine the potential of such a connected system of sensors and AI and machine learning and and they have their own you know they make their own nozzles and and it dribbles the herbicide on almost like an inkjet printer instead of broadcast spraying so very cool stuff with the advancements in those types of technologies and even coming down to a, a more simple or more basic level with guys having variable rate technology on the farm or, or even as simple as auto track steering uh, machines, right now, what are the current trends that you are seeing in agriculture technology? Trends, I guess we're seeing... You know, we're, we're still seeing a lot of venture capital interest in the market, Silicon Valley, all these these big investment kind of incubators are, are still looking at ag. They're trying to figure out the next big thing. You know, something that, that we've been hearing for the past two years now is, is a lot of these VCs are trying to figure out what's going to be the Uber for ag. So what's going to be like that simple, easy, inexpensive deployment of technology that everyone already has, be it a smartphone, a car, which, you know, Uber kind of links those two things together and, and, you know, changes how we operate in modern, you know, row crop agriculture. And, you know, I think IoT, the Internet of Things, is really the adoption of that is really starting to, to grow. And as Verizon and some of these big telecom companies start to invest more in rural broadband and, and getting the connectivity up there, I think we're just going to see more and more. And also as these sensors get cheaper and just easier to deploy and and there's things like low WAN and, and all these kind of low power wide area network connectivity issues that, that are going to, well, they're actually going to solve kind of the rural connectivity issues that, that kept plagued precision for so long, we're hoping anyway. And when once that's all ironed out, I think you're going to see just an explosion in, in the amount of field-deployed sensors and the amount of equipment-deployed sensors. I mean, John Deere came out with that combine this year that has, you know, all the, the sensors in the grain bin, and it kind of adjusts, adjusts itself on the fly as you're, as you're harvesting grain, making sure everything's calibrated, the data's coming in smooth with these sensors. And so I think you'll see a lot more of that. Yeah, I would really agree with that, that it's it's going to constantly be more and more further and further. And like you said, there's a lot of these smaller companies and venture capitals trying to find where they need to be in the ag industry. With resources like Precision Ag Magazine and Crop Life, how are these resources helpful to growers and or dealership professionals like myself? 
I guess one of the simplest ways is kind of telling stories from other regions that I think in, in agriculture especially it's very regional. So what a guy's doing in uh, Iowa in the Corn Belt as far as his VRA or VRT is going to be very different from what, uh, say, a uh, a guy who's doing VRT and vineyards in uh, like the Central Valley in California is doing. So a big part, we like to tell those stories, those success stories of how some of these guys are finding value in these technologies and getting driving ROI with these technologies and getting things paid for in maybe the first or second year of use. And then that gets guys in other geographies saying, hey, you know, they're doing all this awesome stuff with EC data out in the vineyards in California, maybe we need to look at getting the Varus EC rig and, and doing an EC map this year and kind of seeing how that helps us. Um, I think another way is just, I don't know, I might get some blowback on this, but throwing throwing some cold water on, on kind of the hot, shiny new technology. You know, we all get obsessed with like, oh, the, this new drone from DJI is that, oh, it can do this, it can do that, it can do that. But really, on Precision Act Professional, we're trying to get to kind of the, the what do these technologies, what problem are they solving? Because if they're not solving a problem, you know, these growers just, they're not trying to spend money on the newest, coolest thing. They're trying to buy solutions that help them solve a problem, make them more efficient, drive ROI for them, and just, you know, put more money in their pockets. So that's a huge part of what we're we're trying to do and I know ag media gets kind of criticized a little bit for getting entranced by the cool shiny new thing you know that's coming out every other week so we're we're kind of trying to give a dose of what's real and what what's what's not for the industry I guess yeah I don't think anyone could have said it any better these growers out there they're looking for a solution they don't just want a shiny new toy so to find that solution find what they're looking for and having resources like precision ag and crop life to get those stories and figure out what are other guys doing what can i do to help better my operation that's really what they're looking for now in your thoughts matthew what do you see or what do you think is in store for the future of agriculture technology Wow, that is a fantastic question. I wish I had the 100% definitive answer. I'd be a, a wealthier man than I am today. <laughs> but, Tony, I mean, let's talk about how John Deere is, is getting more involved with agronomic data, getting more involved. I, from what we hear, anyway, that they're kind of pushing their dealer networks to have some skin in the game, whereas before most equipment dealers weren't really dabbling in that space, at least from what we understand, you know, that's a big one that, w that we're seeing. I also think the sharing economy has got to come to farming in some way or form. I mean, these sprayers and these huge combines, so expensive. Growers' margins are way down for the past couple of years, and we're also hearing that maybe new equipment sales haven't been as strong as in years past. I think that Uber kind of equipment sharing, location-based equipment sharing. I know FarmLink kind of started down this path. That was a company out of Kansas City a few years ago. They didn't fare too well, but I think that that just makes more and more sense for this industry looking forward. For the Precision Ag and Crop Life magazines or any of the other media that you guys are involved in, 
where can growers or or agriculture professionals where can people go to learn more or start reading the material that you guys publish sure well i mean the easiest way obviously is to check us out on the web that'd probably be the quickest and, and easiest way to get to us so crop life is www.croplife.com and then precision ag professional is precisionag.com so pretty easy to remember there of course, we're out on social media. All of our stuff that you would see on the web is also pushed out through our social media channels. We have our Twitter accounts, at CropLife is the CropLife Twitter, and then at Precision Ag Now, and that's all lowercase, is our Precision Ag Twitter. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. I guess I could shout out my own personal LinkedIn. You could search me on LinkedIn. I push out a lot of the stuff that I do on there. And uh, once you get on our websites, if you do visit, there's sign-ups for our weekly e-news. And believe you can also sign up for the magazines right there on the web. Pretty easy to, to get in touch with us and see what we're talking about and what we're up to. Yeah, there's a lot of places you can go. Like you said, the easiest is probably out there on the web and then kind of go from there, whatever avenue you would like to take as far as getting your information and media Matthew, I'd really like to thank you for sitting down with me and talking about these two publications, Crop Life and Precision Ag Professionals. It's really neat to, like I said, hear an insider's perspective. You're out there putting on interviews like this and, and getting a lot of information in the ag industry. These two publications are, are great reads, and I would recommend them to anyone. So thanks again for coming on, Matthew. Well, thank you, Tony. We uh, we really appreciate the opportunity, as always. We really believe in this industry and kind of the direction of this ag tech and precision ag industry. If you see us out at a show or you, or you see us at a commodity classic or wherever it may be, don't uh, hesitate to say hi. This podcast was produced and edited by Nate Dorsey. Visit rdoequipment.com slash podcast to listen to new episodes and catch up on any that you've missed. You can also listen and subscribe to our podcast on Apple and Android devices so that you'll never miss out on the latest news and technology from RDO Equipment and John Deere. If you really like this podcast, please share it on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or any of the other social media platforms that you are using. You can also connect with me on Twitter at RDO Tony K. That's at R-D-O-T-O-N-Y-K where you can tweet me questions, episode feedback, or ideas for future topics to cover. Please join us next time on the Agriculture Technology Podcast.